0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and and one-and-done preview for this week's 3M Open. Before we jump into that, I missed one shout-out that I thought was noteworthy on the DFS preview, but because it was betting-related, I wanted to fill it in here. So Callum McCaslin uh, sent me a message, told me he turned his $57 into $701 his first week on rickrungood.com, he had a John Rahm outright. He had a Harris English top 20. He had a Matt Wallace top five. Congratulations, Callum. Uh, another person in the community just absolutely killing it. So love to give the shout out. Love to give the love. Um, for this week, 3M Open. It is going to be the weakest field that we've had in the Tour's Restart. And in fact, it's actually going to be the first event of 2020 that has a weaker field than it did in 2019. And the reason for that, specifically for the 3M Open, which was a new event last year... Along with the Rocket Mortgage Classic, is that this is a very natural resting point for the world's best players. Uh, next week we have a WGC event. The following week is the PGA Championship, and then we are just going to have an absolute sprint through the FedEx Cup playoffs into uh, the U.S. Open. I mean, the the Masters will be here before you know it. It's just going to be an absolute sprint for the best players in the world, and they opted to use this week as kind of a, a natural resting position so we do have a couple of big name players in the field there, not without question marks but there are a lot more new names that we are going to need to talk through so let's not waste any more time let's jump into this let's start here on the tournament predictor tool and I do want to clarify for you know we're, we're getting a lot of new viewers new subscribers uh, which is much appreciated always a lot of fun uh, there's kind of two parts to these betting and one and done previews. We go through the statistical side of it, the model side of it, the side that really has no opinion whatsoever in it, and then we go through my interpretation of it. So the side that has no opinion, the model, the tournament predictor, essentially just uses uh, golfers' ranges of outcomes to determine the likelihood of if they are going to be able to get to the projected winning score or not. And then they compare that number, and how often they would get to the winning score compared to what their Vegas odds are to determine if they are going to get to the winning score more often than Vegas odds imply them to get there. It's really not my opinion, <laughs> to be quite frank. I mean, there's a lot of guys in here uh, that I that, that might show up as a value that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. Because you get guys, and looking at this week for the 3M Open, I mean, the two favorites are Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, Both of them, in theory have a positive expected value for the 3M Open, meaning Vegas says Dustin Johnson needs to win this golf tournament about 8% of the time to pay himself off. I have him getting to the winning score about 13% of the time. Now, he could get to the winning score, the target winning score, and he could not win. That's possible, right, if someone else does it as well. But that is a value on Dustin Johnson. Same thing for Brooks Kepka. Vegas has him about uh, winning, needing to win this golf tournament about 6.6% of the time. I have him winning it, or at least getting to the target score, about 9%. So on paper, those two guys show as good values. The problem is, of course, the big question marks. So this is where you have to kind of determine... If you want to blindly follow the model or you want to insert a little bit of your own, I don't know, gut feeling or or eye test into this. I mean, Dustin Johnson wins the Travelers Championship. He goes back to back 80s at Mirfield Village to miss the cut. It's unbelievable. I'm not I I, I could not imagine that. Brooks kepka has been telling us over and over and over again. The knee might never be 100 percent. And we've seen his Oh, excuse me, I have to sneeze. We've seen his results suffer since he had that in the injury. Underwent a couple of, uh, he under underwent a procedure. He had another MRI on it recently. It just, I mean, he's telling us it doesn't feel right. That's really concerning. It's really concerning. Uh, but those two guys at the top of the board show up as values. Now you also got a couple of new values this week, and you know this this tournament predictor it uses a combination of long term and short term results. So a lot of times. Like, you know, Brooks Kepka has not won a golf tournament in, in, what, since I guess the PGA? Would that have been the last time Brooks has won? Um, well, no, I guess he won in, uh, I guess it would have been, he, he's going to defend his FedEx, his WGC, right? Now, well, now I've got to look this up. Yeah, his last win came um, almost a year ago, exactly. Next week, it'll be a year, uh, defending his FedEx St. Jude Invitational win uh, a three shot win over Webb Simpson. So the model takes into account all that great long term stuff, but it's starting to cycle out of of those older victories, those older ceiling events. Uh, and and it's coming back to life, but uh, coming back to Earth, excuse me. And at the same time, a lot of these newer guys are popping up uh, using some more recent history, some more recent results, and they're becoming value. So it is interesting to see how this changes from week to week. Um, I do have Tommy Fleetwood here as a a positive expected value in the model for an outright victory. I have about a two percent uh, positive expected value on him, but again, haven't seen him play golfing, you know, since the API. So what was that? March, um, mate. Yeah. So we ha- we haven't seen him play in a while. <clears throat> now, the interesting guy uh, is Eric Funruin, who is. I have him uh, getting to the winning score about 3% of the time and Vegas implies him to win the golf tournament about 2.1 percent of the time. So I have a small uh, expected value on him. I'm going to talk about him more in a second because he's a guy who fits the other side of my uh, of these videos, which is you know the gut side of it. <clears throat> Will Gordon? Uh, So you can see what I love about this tool is, you know, Will Gordon shows up as the third best expected value. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to win often. I have him winning it about 4% of the time. Vegas has him winning it about 1.4. But you can see we've got a sample size issue with Will Gordon, right? Very small sample size compared to the rest of these other guys. Uh, We're only using like seven events for Will Gordon uh, we can, we're can. we using upwards of 25 for the rest of these guys. So it is a very small sample, so keep that in mind. Uh, EVR, uh, Van Ruin, also with a smaller sample size, small-ish sample size, uh, about 13 events we're using right now for him. Um, so there's a, a couple of values there. We'll look at the top five number real quick. <clears throat> Some guys that show up for top five that I would consider. I mean, Will Gordon does also bear out to be a a positive expected value guy for, for top five. He is for also top 10. Uh, he's not for top 20. Uh, but uh, Andrew Putnam is here. I think that's interesting. Andrew Putnam across the board, top five, top 10, top 20, uh, shows up as an expe- a positive expected value. So there, there are some options here for you. <clears throat> personally, so this is where we'll kind of change gears and talk about uh, personally what how I think this is going to work this week. Um, I am a, I am a fairly significant believer in Paul Casey. Uh, I've seen him at 25 to one. Let's see what William Hill has him at, at the moment. Um, 22. So I think you I think depending on where you get him, you can probably get him at 25, 22, um, was great last week, except for one hole. Talked about this a lot on the DFS preview. He took a quintuple bogey, made Nate on a par three on Friday. His other 35 holes, he played one under. He was well ahead of the field average for 35 holes, and one hole just uh, just completely derailed his week. Uh, I really like Paul Casey, but I'll talk about EVR and why he kind of pops up as an interesting guy for this week at the 3M Open. Um, First of all, he's sneaky long. I think he's 14th on tour in driving distance, but he's like 200th in driving accuracy. Now, the thing with EVR is... Or I guess the thing with TPC Twin Cities this week is it probably doesn't matter if you miss the fairway. It's not necessarily going to be like Mirfield Village or somewhere where you're super penalized for missing the fairway. You just go out and bomb it around TPC Twin Cities and you see what happens. Uh, So I like that. I like that his worst part of his game is something that will probably not be impacted as much at this course than other courses on Tour and, and he's kind of boomer bust, which I think is good. Um, so I believe his last six starts, I can pull this up, but I believe his last six starts, he has three miscuts and he has three top twenty five finishes. So that's you know pretty, pretty. Um, I don't I don't even know what the word is. I mean, it's feast or famine, right? It's it's either one side or the other. He's not like he's making the cut every week and finishing fifty sixth. And when I'm betting outrights, I'd rather have this, you know, like I don't care if you finish second or miss the cut. If it's an outright, it's the same thing. So it doesn't matter. So I'd almost rather take these boomer bust type players that, um, you know, are, are, are playing well, whose skill set fit the course. Uh, like also, I feel like Bubba Watson does. And I, if, if you watch that, like anything, I'm not a, I'm not a Bubba guy. Like I I usually never roster Bubba. I don't like to bet Bubba, but I'd be telling you like this week's the week. Like if there's a week to play Bubba, it's this week. And and I'll probably be, I I have an outright bet on him already. Uh, I see him at 35 to one. So another guy who can just bomb it all over the yard, but he was Pretty brilliant with his irons last week at the Memorial. Um, he ended up finishing like, I don't even know what he ended up finishing, pretty poorly. Uh, but like was like second in the field in, in strokes gained approach. Uh, he lost a ton of strokes around the greens and on the greens. Now, Mirfield Village is a really tough track with a lot of subtleties that can put you in some really awkward positions. And, and you saw what it did with the scoring averages over over the course of the week. But I um I I don't think you're gonna get in those positions around TPC Twin Cities, so Bubba Watson becomes an appealing option. So my card already shaping up to be, you know, Paul Casey at twenty two to one, um, both Bubba and Evr at thirty five to one. So that's, you know, I've already got kind of a f- full ish type of card with the way that I do this. I, I think I really need to go further down if I want to bet anybody else. And I do think there is a guy pretty far down uh, that I think is worth a look. And that guy is uh, Bernd Wiesberger, who primarily plays on the European Tour, uh, but plays well on the European Tour. So I, I understand, like, how do we compare the Euro Tour versus the PGA Tour? Uh, they are not the same. Obviously, the average field in the European Tour is much weaker than the average field on the PGA Tour. That makes sense. However, this is a fairly weak uh, PGA Tour field that we're going to have this week. And burned wins. A- and I know this is kind of crazy to say, but like if you're trying to bet an outright winner, he has to be able to win. Uh, Wiesberger Weis- won three different times in 2019. He was third in the race to Dubai, which is uh, their version of the FedEx Cup playoffs. But just kind of look around some other guys here in the same price range. Um, you know, Charles Howe third. Does Charles Howe third win golf tournaments? No. Does Sepp Straka win golf tournaments? No. Does Adam Long win golf tournaments? He's got one win, right? He won, oh man, it is now called the American Express. He probably won it when it was called... Desert Classic or Humana Challenge, something like that. So he's got one win. Chris Kirk, does he win golf tournaments? I guess he's won a couple, right? Uh, one on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, recently. Christopher Ventura doesn't have a win. Kyle Stanley, does he win golf tournaments? Not particularly. Pat Perez, Sam Ra- I mean, Scott Starks, you get the idea, right? These are not prolific winners. Now, they might have won a handful of times over their careers, but Wiesberger's won three times last year. And this is now going to be the weakest field on the PGA Tour he has ever competed in. I wish he showed me a little bit uh, more of something. Last week at the Memorial, he missed the cut. But listen, desperate times call for desperate measures here. This is uh, a very different field from what we've seen week over week since the restart. I I I think there's something here. And we'll see. I mean, we'll find out. The sample size is very small on him over here. Um no you know his his game's not necessarily in f- terrible shape it's not in great shape at least from what we saw at the memorial we will see but he's someone that I think is certainly worth an investment uh especially when you compare him to the rest of his peers head-to-head betting matchups uh let's do this so a couple of things real quick before we jump into this i get a lot of questions about head-to-heads because we you know the community has had such a huge amount of success over this, you know. I posted a video a few weeks ago called "The Most Profitable Way to Bet Golf," and it is talking about in round or in tournament round by round heads head to head matchups. And I get flooded almost seemingly every day during the tournament with like screenshots of people like I just hit a four a four man parlay using the system. It's not really like a system. I mean, I guess it is, but you know, finding guys that are playing well tee to green and putting below their baseline like it's it's not necessarily rocket science uh I, i'm happy to point it out but um that's one thing this head-to-head matchup simulator tool is something completely different this uses um strokes gain data and probability over a four round tournament So I would not necessarily use this for round-by-round head-to-head matchups. That's not what it's built for. That's what the showdown cheat sheet is built for. That's what the live leaderboard helps with. This is a tool that you bet tournament-long head-to-head matchups with. So uh, we'll run through a couple of these just so you can kind of get a feel for it and see who we've got good data on here. Um, Let's try this. I'd scrolled all the way to the bottom on William Hill, so we'll just start here. Let's do Doc Redman versus Ryan Moore and see what this pops out as. Moore is going to have more recent uh, history, but Redmond's might be better. So let's see here. Yeah, you can see. So Redmond, you know, his history doesn't start until 2018, uh, but this still has Ryan Moore as a 55% win probability, which is a little bit surprising. Let's just do it from, let's do it from when, uh, let's do it from the start of 2019. Okay, gets a little bit closer now. Gets a little bit closer since the start of 2019. It's almost a straight coin flip. Ryan Moore 50.2%. Uh, now I do have Doc Redman as a favorite. At least, or excuse me, William Hill has him as a favorite. So if you wanted to bet a side, it'd probably be the Moore side. But it's 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 likely too close. Um, let's do Harris English versus Lucas Glover. Both of these guys have played well recently. This could be a good one. Almost an exact dead coin flip again. Wow, look at these. William Hill very sharp. Although I will tell you they have uh Harris English at minus 120. So if there was a side you want, it would be Lucas Glover. Let's try Matthew Wolf and Russell Henley. Wolf gets a boost for being the defending champion. There might be one here. This there might be a play here. No man, these are all pretty sharp. Well, I guess not. I guess not because uh, I William Hill has Matthew Wolf at minus one twenty five. I have Russell Henley should be minus one hundred five. He's a small favorite to win this, so I guess Henley would be the bet. That would be the bet. Let's do one more. Let me see if I can find a good one. Let's do, man, I bet you these guys are going to be really similar. Dustin Johnson minus 125, Brooks Kepka plus 100. All right, so I actually have Dustin Johnson 61% to win this, which would make his money line about minus 156. William Hill has him at minus 125. So I actually think there is still value on the Dustin Johnson side of this. That's a pretty good one. That's probably the biggest difference that we've seen in just a few that I plugged in. You can go through and plug in as many as you'd like. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure other books have other matchups as well. I saw like a Siwoo Kim versus Jason Duffner somewhere. So there's a lot of different matchups out there. Uh, For one and done, I know there were a ton of John Rahm. People last week because I got a lot of messages uh, that that it was a John Rom week and that they were able to hit on that. So what are we doing for this week? Um, we can look at the full field values here and see for the 3M Open, uh, which this side just has not updated yet. I'm in the midst. I'm pushing an update right now, uh, but these the the values on the left hand side are all correct. So what you're seeing are uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, their expected value in this tournament is basically twice that of anyone else. I-, I do think it would be a very interesting time to roll out specifically Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's the betting favorite that just shot back-to-back 80s that I don't know how many people are all that interested in backing this week. I think they're gonna I think there's gonna be a lot of options to go to Paul Casey. I think a lot of people are gonna go to Bubba Watson. I think Tony Fina or um excuse me uh Matthew Wolf is going to be pretty interesting. I think that's where a lot of the ownership goes. I if I was trying to play catch up, I would strongly consider using a Dustin Johnson or a Brooks Kepke here, probably Dustin Johnson, because it is a situation where he's the favorite and probably rightfully so and no one's going to have it and i think that would be a really sneaky opportunity to try to run out and grab what 1.2 million or whatever whatever the the eventual winning share of this is um I think that would be pretty interesting. Oh, Tommy Fleetwood I completely looked over. Tommy Fleetwood is is probably going to be the most popular guy here. Tommy Fleetwood has the lack of results going for him and people are just going to buy into that. He might be great. He might not be. I mean, right we we did this whole thing 5 or 6 weeks ago when we said how are these guys going to come back not playing competitive golf for 3 months? Well, now Tommy Fleetwood hasn't played competitive golf in 5 months. How's he going to come back? So we're playing that game again and he's going to be super popular. So I don't think he's going to be getting a look or a click from me in a one and done situation, I don't think that makes much sense. So if I'm chasing, I'd probably go use Dustin Johnson. Maybe Brooks Kepka, though probably not. Um if I'm ahead, if I'm if I'm trying to stay ahead, I obviously am, am am heavily invested in Paul Casey this week. I think he's in a really good spot. I could also see Bubba Watson being interesting. And then Matthew Wolf, I don't really know what to do with because I'll tell you if he wasn't defending this week, I think I'd really like him. You know, from, from Friday to Sunday, he was uh, one of the better T to green players in the field last week at the Memorial. And we know TPC Twin City sets up well for him. He won it in its only addition. So I, I could see that, but now you have the added defending... Like, it's weird when you defend. It, when you defend, it's like... You're you're you ha- you're trying to defend your title from Thursday morning on. Like I don't know, it's just weird, right? You feel that pressure differently. So I um I do like Matthew Wolf in a vacuum, though. Like if I if you just ask me, like who are the better players of the week, I think he's one of them. If you really needed to go low, and I don't think you do, right? Like, could you ever consider playing Dylan Fratelli? I like Fratelli this week. Probably not. Not in a one and done situation. There's just not. There's not enough. Situation like there's not enough bad plays to get down to Fratelli, so I, I would probably roll with those guys DJ, Paul Casey, Bubba, Matthew Wolf, depending on my situation. The funny thing is, uh, Burned Wiesberger is actually has the fourth best expected value of any golfer in the field. Now, the way that this expected value works is it looks at their worldwide results, so the fact that burned plays a lot of WGC events um, and it's a smaller sample size. He does get inflated, but like that's, this is kind of the point I've been making is Visperger is not far off. Like if you said he, like he could, he could very easily be like the ninth best player in this field. I don't think it's that big of an exaggeration. He could be the ninth best player in the field and he's being priced as what the 30th or something like that, maybe worse. So I don't know. We'll see. I, that could look very wrong in a couple of days, but but we will see. Uh, just to look quickly at um, what the winner did last year. So we go back to last year. We look at what the winner did. At the 3M last year. He had Jason Day, who got him basically zero dollars. No, he got him nineteen or he got him twelve thousand dollars. So it's like he made the cut, but uh, didn't do anything else. Matthew Wolf was the big winner. One point one million. Only three people had Matthew Wolf last year. Pretty good. That's how you win a. Uh, that's how you win a one in Dunpool. You get something like that. All right, I think that'll do it. Let me know who you like for this week's three M Open. You can leave a comment below. You can tweet me. It's at Rick Run. Good. Catch you next time.